0: Welcome back everyone to Torah Today Ministries and our series, The Hebrew Key, where we bring out some uh, things that only reveal themselves in the Hebrew and little, little, sometimes little red flags that come up and, and, uh, and patterns that only see in the Hebrew. So um, this passage, this teaching, I call the most cowardly word. What is the most cowardly word in the Torah? And uh, the rabbis have often commented on this one word where it's found in this one passage. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But here's how this teaching came to be, this insight. I was reading through a section of Numbers in chapter uh, 13. And as I was reading through it in Hebrew, I came across three words that are very similar, and I tend to notice patterns, and here are the three words. The word Devar, which is a very common word in Hebrew, it's the word that means word, and it can also mean a report, and we use the word word the same way as when you say, well, I, I just got word that uh, you got a new job, or I just got word that um, you're, you're going to have a, a new addition to your family. So what it means is I just got a report. I got information. I got news. Then reading it a bit further in the passage, I saw the word devash. Now notice all three of these words begin with dalit bait, dalit bait, dalit bait. That's what made, my, made me kind of notice there was a pattern here. Three three-letter words that all begin with dalit Bait. Now, the word Davash means honey. It's not nearly as common a word as the word Davar. But as I read on a bit further, I came across the word Davat, which means an evil report. And this is a much rarer word. So as we go from Davar to Devash to Davat, these are words that occur fewer times or less frequent. So, here's what also caught my attention. We take these three words, Devar, davash, Devat. Look at the last letters, because these are the only letters that differa- differentiate them from one another. They are Resh, Shin, Tav. These are the last three letters of the Hebrew alphabet. The alphabet begins with Aleph, Beit, Gimel, and as you go on through, it ends with Resh, Shin, Tav. So I thought, well, there's some kind of a pattern here. You have three very similar words and their only difference is their final letter. And those final letters are found in alphabetical order. The last three letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So I began to dig a bit more to see what's going on here. Now report, devar, that's considered a good word. Honey is definitely a sweet word what happened, what happens in here that it goes from being something positive to an evil report, to devat? Well, let's look at the passage. Here it is, Numbers 13, 26 to 32. And those three Hebrew words, I have their English equivalents here in bold red. And now this is the story of the spies, the 12 spies who went into the promised land. They spent 40 days there. And Moses had given them a laundry list of questions to find answers to, and then to bring back their report. And when they brought back the report, well, this is what happens. They brought back word, there's our word, Devar, to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land, excuse me. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and davash, honey. And this is its fruit. But the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Well, the people get a little worked up by this, because it says Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up because the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a devot, an evil report, a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Did you catch the most cowardly word? The rabbi's comment on this one word that takes place between devash, honey, and devat, evil report. And it's right here, the first word of verse 28. It's the word, but, or, however. And in Hebrew, that word is, Ephes. Ephes, however, but, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Ephes. The rabbis agree, this is the most cowardly word. In the entire Torah. Now I have heard this word, its English equivalent, used by cowardly people many times. And to my regret, I have used the word as well to express cowardice. You talk about the things that are good and wonderful, then you say, but And we have a rather crude saying here that I've debated using uh, in this teaching, going to anyway. And the saying is this, everything before but is BS. Because no matter what you say, it's glowing. The moment you say but, you're erasing everything from before. And what you say afterward, that is what's going to stand. And that is what the hearer is going to hear. And that's what's going to stay with them it's like the employer who calls in an employee and and uh, says no you've you've been a, a great employee we really appreciate your appreciate your work and your dedication and the employee is just sitting there waiting for the but because the moment the word but is spoken then they're gonna find out what they're really there to hear but we have to cut back but you're fired so Ephes is a word that means but or however, but it has another meaning. It means zero or nothing. It is the modern Hebrew word for zero, for nothing, Ephes. Because when you say this word but, it erases everything that went before it. It makes it nothing. In fact, let me give you a few places in scripture where it is used. So you can get a feel for how this word "fs" appears. And the first place it's found is in Genesis 47, verses 15 and 16. This is when Joseph is is selling the grain that he stockpiled for seven years. And he's selling it to the people of the land. And it says that when the money was all spent in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? For our money is fs. It's gone. It's disappeared at zero. And Joseph answered, Give your livestock, and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock if your money is fs. Gone. So we see here this first time, the first two times this word is used, it doesn't mean however, it doesn't mean but, it means gone, zero, zilch. Isaiah. Five, eight. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is Ephes, room. There is no room, zero room, and you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. Isaiah thirty four There is no one there to call it a kingdom, and all its princes shall be Ephes, nothing. Isaiah 45, 6. I love this one. That people may know from the rising of the sun and from, from the west, and from the west, that there is fs besides me, I am Adonai, there is no other. In other words, there's nothing besides me. So this word fs, which is the word for however or for but, means zero. Because the moment you speak this word, everything before it is nullified. I want to share some some comments from some of the the great rabbis about this word. The Babidbar Rabbah, um, this is the Midrash Rabbah about the book of Numbers, Babidbar, says, Such is the way of those who speak malicious speech. They open their mouths with good, and they conclude with evil. And when you conclude with evil, the good is removed, the good that you said. Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch comments on this word FS in this passage. And he basically says when they use the word FS, what they're saying is all is nothing. It loses all value to us for the people are too strong for us. So all this good stuff we said, it's all nothing. It's lost its value because the people are too strong for us. And of course, the people were too strong for Israel. But God said, I'll be with you, I'll go before you, I'll, I'll wipe them out, you just come mop up basically. But They left God out of the picture and they became cowards. The Ramban, uh, Nachmanides, brilliant commentator, says it was completely appropriate for them to say that, quote, the people who dwell in it are powerful and the cities are fortified, unquote. For they were expected to answer words of truth to the one who sent them. For after all, this is what Moses commanded them to explore. However, their iniquity was in using the word "fs." The moment they said that, they wiped out all the good that they did. They wiped out the truth that they had spoken. And then I love this, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, who's a, a more recent rabbi, another brilliant man. He said, without that word, FS, Jewish history would have been entirely different. Jewish history would have been entirely different. Boy, we know that is for sure. It's interesting that this word, FS has a numerical value of 141, which is also the numerical value of the Hebrew word, yenaf, which means commits adultery. We find this word used two times in Leviticus 20, verse 10. If a man, ye naf, commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the one who ye naf, commits adultery and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. You see, when we fear anything more than we fear God, we elevate that thing to God's status That's called spiritual adultery. We are told to fear God. We're not told to fear anything else because our fears belong to him alone. And if we have a healthy fear of God and fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end point, but it is the beginning. If we have fear of God, we will have wisdom. And that wisdom will tell us there's nothing else to fear. But if our fear of God is low, fear of other things grows. And that is why these men said, Esseph, but we can't do this. But we can't go up there. These people are bigger than we are. They'll kill us. The cities are too well fortified. Our children will all be killed if we try to go in there. So what happened? God allowed that entire generation of faithless cowards to die in the wilderness, and their children, they went in and they did what their father said couldn't be done. My concern for this generation that I see, the generation I live in, especially the one coming after me, is the lack of courage, the lack of real men. And it seems like people are afraid of everything of except for the one, one thing, the one entity that they should fear above all, and that's God himself. I see little fear of God. There's still some, but it seems like it's diminishing. And as fear of God diminishes, obedience to God diminishes right along with it. And people become fearful of more and more and more things that my parents, my grandparents' generation would never have feared. And Yeshua prophesies in Luke twenty-one twenty-six that in these end days, men ready to die through fear. Or as the King James puts it, men's hearts will fail them for fear. Fear will become this incredible enemy, this destructive enemy many ready to die through fear and expectation of what is coming on the habitable, 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 I guess that's how it's pronounced, habitable earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So, I want to close with a a verse from Proverbs 31, the chapter about the woman of valor. And this woman It says of her that strength and dignity are her clothing. Strength and dignity. She's a fearless woman. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the future. So, you can be one of these who say, oh, I love God and I have faith in him. Fs, but, oh, it's getting bad out there. Yeah, I believe that Yeshua is coming back, but I don't know when we better panic. It's time to panic. If we clothe ourselves with strength and dignity as the woman of valor, which is actually a description of the bride of Messiah, the true bride, we will be fearless. We can laugh at the future because we know how the story ends. And whatever we have to go through from between here and that happy ending, it's fine. Because like Yeshua, who focused on the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We can endure anything if we will fear only God and set our spiritual focus on the joy that's ahead. If we can do that, we can exercise valor in this life and in this world, but because this world certainly needs to see some models of valor and courage. So I challenge you to be one of those, those pictures of courage, of true courage, in a time when people are also afraid. So, there's a challenge for you, and until next time, I wish you shalom and God bless. Over and out.